Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash. I'm so excited to welcome back to the show the president and CEO of the Greater Baltimore Urban League, our friend Tiffany Majors. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Gina. How are you? Thank you so much for having us. Well, my gosh, it's so good to have you back. I can't believe it's already been a whole fiscal quarter since we talked to you last time. And uh, we're so proud here now since we spoke with you, we've rebranded to Odyssey Baltimore and our our partnership with the National Urban League and here in Baltimore with the Greater Baltimore Urban League continues as of October 2020. And we're super proud of the work that we're doing together and um, welcoming you back and sort of catching up about all that you've been doing at GBUL in the last a couple of months and I know um, to kick things off you've got just had your pop-up vaccine clinic event with Giant um, and that's huge with the Moderna vaccine so I think that's is that priority one that's like I know vaccine access was something we definitely talked to uh, you know spoke about last time that we spoke together so has that been your number one priority would you say these days? Um, That education education primarily um, and access uh, we have been working with, we, we did partner with Giant, but we've also partnered with um, Maryland State Health Department as well as Baltimore City uh, Local Health Department to get into the areas um, of concern with higher rates of COVID and, and lower numbers of vaccination. But our interest is, is very much so to ensure that we educate those individuals first um, and not, you know, try to push the vaccine on anyone, but to make it available for them. And one thing that consistently lacks is the education of, you know, the vaccination, its benefits, um, side effects, the myths and things like that. And that's always been an issue in um, areas of poverty in the black community, <clears throat> stemming back from, you know, long, long times of um, mistrust with vaccinations, you know, going all the way back to the Tuskegee Airmen. So our our main goal and initiative nationally and, and locally is to first educate individuals and then ensure that, you know, once we, we are able to educate them and provide them with opportunities to get a vaccination to actually provide the vaccination. So... Cool. And uh, so, Tiffany, that pop-up vaccine clinic event you did with Giant was yesterday. But since you're working with the Moderna vaccine, as we know, that's the, uh, you know, has two doses to it. So um, if there's someone out there that needs, even though it was yesterday, if there's someone out there that needs their second shot, can they um, work with Greater Baltimore Urban League to to get that second shot? Absolutely. Our our second pop-up vaccination is going to be on July 10th. 
And although the first one was yesterday, um, you still have the opportunity to come on the 10th. The 10th is scheduled for the second vaccination of those um, vaccinated yesterday. But uh, we have committed with Giant to be sure to vaccinate anyone who is interested. So if you receive your vaccination elsewhere um, and need your second, or if you like to get your first vaccination, they're free to come on July 10th, um, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then they can follow up at any local giant for their second vaccination um, when that time comes. That's wonderful. I can see why you partner with them. That makes it very easy. And it's really cool that they are participating with you guys as well. Is there anyone else? Um, and I, I noticed, I think you had uh, food from Bonefish Grill and some other things going on yesterday. Um, are there any other partners that you'd like to help that, that helped you get that off the ground? Uh Primarily Giant. Um, we have some other local, had some local uh, businesses take part to have more of a community health fair um, as well as job fair pop up. So uh, we wanted to encourage anyone that was interested or, or needing a job, looking for a job, that on the second vaccination we're going to have a pop up job fair as well um, for individuals. When we when we discuss with Bonefish Grill and Outback Steaks, um, they, they've discussed that business has really turned around for them and they're actually doing better now after COVID than they were in the past, but they're also still down very much in staff. So, you know, working with our workforce development program, we have been working very closely with Bonefish Grill as well as Collins Seafood to um, try to build a bridge or a pipeline of individuals that are interested in needing work right now, particularly our returning citizens. However, um, we have pipelines to employment with several of our local partners, University of Maryland, um, Medical Center, BGE, and construction. So we're actually trying to build um, multiple pipelines of education, BWI Airport, um, to get individuals back into employment. And what you're uh, referring to, too, which is something I definitely wanted to ask you about, is the exciting work that um, Nicole Cameron is doing as the director of your Returning Citizen Workforce Development. I saw on uh, social media you guys were doing some Workforce Wednesday webinar series um, content as well. Um, So tell us a little bit about, I know she's joined your team in November, um, and sort of talk about how important that is. And and you're really, I love that you're combining your efforts and and helping in so many ways, and you don't do it alone, and mentioning those those parts. Partners who are, are also in need, too. They need good, you know, people to add to their workforce. We're all kind of working on this together. Sure. Um, Nicole joined our team in November and, and has really, really picked up and, and did a very good job in regards to laying the foundation for a new pilot program. Um, and, and our great partner, Truist, actually um, addressed us with the opportunity to partner with them for a returning citizen workforce development program because there were so many individuals that were being released early or prematurely from prison and jails um, without the resources to sustain themselves after, you know, getting out early due to COVID. So they uh, partnered with us and and provided us with a a $100,000 grant. Um, with a three-year commitment, $100,000 per year, to provide um, training, support, education, case management, and resources to those returning back to the community. And we, again, we have partnered with not just Truist um, and hoping to build another um, 
kind of spinoff from that, not, not particularly for returning citizens, but individuals to get into the banking system as well. Um, so in the upcoming year, we're hoping to develop another partnership with Truist where we can train individuals into the banking area. But currently, we're, we are working with um, Truist and Bonefish Grill of the Department of Labor, as well as the um, Department, juvenile, not juvenile, the Department Justice System of Maryland, who are working as navigators to directly funnel um, individuals that are returning back to society into our program to receive, you know, um, job skills, to really select a plan that is going to be sustainable for them to ensure that they have stable housing and to reunify their, their family core nucleus. Um, and that, that's been a very, very interesting program. Um, the, our first, I, I would say we don't refer to, to them as clients, but our first participant was Miss Irania Pretty, um, who was actually the longest, um, the woman who was in Maryland the longest. Uh, she went into prison at 16 years old and unfortunately attempted many, many times to be released. She has um, multiple psychology psychology degrees, and she was a model, um, a model. I don't like to say prisoner either, but a a model individual and role model actually in yeah. the prison system behind the bars, and um, served over 40 years there. And she was one of our was our first um, part participant. And we supported her in a, um, a welcome home reception. We also provided her with laptops, with clothing, with um, some finances, um, assisting her in getting her identification and trying to make her, um, her integration back um, outside of the bars more comfortable and sustainable for her. And it, it's been a long time. So, you know, you have to be very patient and understanding with individuals that have literally spent every part of their life. You know, 16 years old, she was a teenager. Right. Um, and she was not the individual that actually, um, you know, committed the murder. But she and, and a group of individuals are still in prison. But, you know, God's blessing, she's out now. And she's doing very well. But hoping to, you know, support her along the way and provide her with the resources and compassion and love that she's going to need to sustain from behind the bars. Well, that's wonderful work and uh, providing those resources. And because there can be a stigma, you know, a hurdle to get over trying to re-enter the workforce like that. And uh, and without that help, I it, it's just so much harder, isn't it? De- definitely, definitely. And the Workforce Wednesday uh, webinars have been dynamic. Um, we've had women in construction. We've had uh, how the restaurant navigated through the pandemic and how they are building their new plan um, with uh, with our new normal and how they're able to sustain and and seek employees um, to to run and teach them about the restaurant business. Uh, we've had financial literacy. We've also had mental health in the workplace um, for Workforce Wednesdays. And they'll continue for some months. They've been really, really uh, well-received. And, and actually, individuals asked us to increase them. Initially, they were biweekly, and then some were actually weekly. 
um, but we, we intended to do them biweekly, but we're getting a lot of requests from, from many individuals, which, which is really odd. I had nurse practitioners, physicians, and even police officers ask us to continue those, those and there are a variety of topics. So it's been really, really good. I'm excited that it's kicking off and hoping that we're able to expand our services, hopefully with Exelon as well. Uh, we pr- provided a a proposal to them about a month and a half ago and hoping that we are able to receive that award to provide um, construction workforce development training for 100 individuals in Baltimore City and Baltimore County. And um, um, so hopefully that, that's going to expand as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm looking at your Twitter feed right now. People can follow you on all the social media platforms as well at Baltimore Urban League and um, the construction yeah. career pathway featuring black women uh, with, the, with the logo Black Women Build Baltimore. I just love that. Um, as thinking about construction as a pathway, which is so important. I mean, look at all that's going on in Port Covington right now and how much Baltimore is being built um, and how, you know, women can be a part of that. So that that's very cool. Um, wow. So you've not only now you introduced Nicole and, and the great work she's doing with the returning citizenship uh, workforce development, but you also, um, since we spoke last, hired an executive operations manager. I believe that was back in um, March, right, who joined your team, um, Tershia Yule. And sometimes we go, she goes by Shia, right? <laughs> we'll call her yeah. Shia, just like around the office. Although you guys are still doing all of this great work pretty much remotely at this point. Right. As far, other than the community events where you're out and about. But, you know, the work that you're doing, is that primarily still uh, virtual these days? Yes, it's virtual. Um, however, we, as you said, we do have community events. Just um, Saturday, we provided a, um, a question and answer session with our amazing, amazing volunteer, um, Dr. Nicola, um, Nicolette Lussant who came and spoke with the community to answer any questions, you know, prior to the um prior to the pop-up vaccination, she came, I'm sorry, she came before the pop-up vaccination to speak with individuals and inform them um, of their questions, any hesitation and things like that. So we did community cleanups. Um, We plan to build an urban garden um, on Orchard Street. We have been going out um, on foot into the areas that have high levels, um, still testing high areas of COVID and providing our flyers for our second pop-up, as well as providing literature and education to inform them about, you know, the COVID vaccination, um, what it can do to support your immune system, you know, what COVID has did to our communities and so forth. So a lot, we're, we're moving slowly back into um, providing support and, and events that hosts a few individuals. We'll also do that with our graduating seniors from our Saturday Leadership Program. We're going to have a parade for them and provide them with scholarships, um, a meal, a couple few different gifts from the Urban League and Friends of the Urban League. So we are still working remotely. We still do everything from our, you know, PCs with our our virtual meetings and so forth and providing our virtual um, webinars. But anytime we need to, we go out into the community to provide that hands-on support. Our clients, our population that we serve is a marginalized community, and our marginalized communities um, don't necessarily work um, through the Internet, nor do they have access. Um, You know, in the city, there is a, a very low level of Internet connection. Um, Comcast is, is the major um partner in that and and we just don't have a great connection for 
for those individuals. So most of our work must be done um, face-to-face and in the communities where we actually get out and go into the communities to support our individuals. So that's imperative for us. This remote is not really conducive to what we provide to our community. Right. That doesn't work for everyone. And that's uh, another divide that, uh, you know, you're trying to ease and get everybody the resources they need, because that's I love all the work that you do. It's it's a not only handling the problem, but offering a solution, you know, and a tangible thing like getting back into the workforce and a job and the, and the resources you need and the awareness of of the vaccine, especially now as people, you know, it's sort of the numbers are dwindling on the numbers of people getting the vaccine versus, you know, a few weeks or months ago. Um, So keeping that as part of the conversation and reaching folks that may not, you know, the rest of the country might be ahead in some ways or, but you know, that doesn't mean that in our own community, there aren't people that still haven't heard about it and don't know that they can get it and partner with the greater Baltimore urban league and giant and get that taken care of. So that's, it's very important. Don't you find just to get the word out. And uh, sometimes there are some, some hurdles in getting that done. It, yeah, it's it's um, it's a lot of hurdles because, you know, it, it's one thing to have this national pandemic and, you know, you, you actually have the free vaccination, but it, it's so difficult more because there is, you know, it, it's emotional, um, emotionally based on, you know, the trust and, and many individuals just aren't there yet. You know, we, we want to innovate and, and motivate Blacks to get the education they need, but we, we have to be transparent and honest and understand why we have, you know, such a, a barrier with the vaccination rates and those who are being vaccinated. Um, we also need to understand that although they say that there's a, a lower rate in Blacks being vaccinated, that's actually not the truth. The data is showing um, 50% um, as well. In, in regards to our other counterparts of non-Black. So there are individuals, Black individuals, that are being vaccinated. The level of individuals that are between the ages of 20 to 30 is a lower level. But, you know, we have to be honest about the history of Blacks being vaccinated. You know, trying to get the education and get individuals comfortable with whatever decision they make. You know, we are definitely not forcing anyone, but we want to provide that resource because they usually don't have that opportunity to get the resources that other individuals have the opportunity to have. Right, right. We can certainly understand uh, a lot of that hesitancy. Um, And, you know, it's great that your team um, at Greater Baltimore Urban League has really been growing. And that's a testament to the, the hard work that you do, Tiffany, getting your partners and and all that you do that you've been able to also welcome uh, director of programs at education to your team as of uh, just this month, as a matter of fact, um, Kiana Brown. So that that's got to be exciting, too, that, um, you know, you're you're building your team and I'm sure you have a lot to do with um, who you select and, you know, that you're ready to, you know, fill that void and get started working right away, you know, with these incredible, which I might add are also three women, right? Three powerful black women who have these great positions working alongside you as well. I mean, that's got to be really, really cool. I'm sure you have a lot to do with um, selecting those folks and making sure that you're all working together. Yeah, it, that, that selection, um, that was a very long process with um, deciding um, and selecting the individual that would that would most fit uh, with our current team that had the experience and expertise to provide the quality that we needed in our programs and education. And we had some dynamic 
dynamic candidates. Um, but this individual, Ms. Muse, she has a long history in um, juvenile justice system as well as serving um, in the Maryland State Department as a um, executive administrator, uh, providing technical assistance in the interpretation of the federal law and it's a, how it's applicable to the year-long planning and abbreviated planning process for uh, Title I schools. Um, she comes with a, a heavy, heavy background in juvenile detention alternatives. Um, she's, she's developed many, many risk assessment instruments and enhanced the programs in decreasing um, the recidivism in our juvenile offenders. Uh, she has a background in family studies from Towson University. She has a bachelor's and master's in education and family studies and services from children at Towson. And she has a master's of jurisprudence from Loyola University in Chicago School of Law for law and policy. And she's just a blessing. She's a minister. Um, she's recently married in, I think, the last two or three months. Um, but she's definitely, definitely an asset to provide um the sustainability that we need, as well as expanding our programs. Uh, we have a Saturday leadership program that's college and career readiness. And we want to, you know, expand our services into um, other different areas, different etiquette classes for young females, um, a black male um, entrepreneurship group. We would like to get into um, women trafficking and the LBGTQ um, community and the individuals that that's a high rate of those experiencing homelessness. So I'm glad that she has that experience um, and she's going to bring a wealth of knowledge and um, support in growing our programs, expanding into different areas, not just, you know, our education, college and career, but other areas of need um, with crime and supporting our juveniles throughout Baltimore City. Um, she, she's really a great asset and shown to be a great asset as well. She and Tershia. Tershia started in March um, that you discussed, who is our executive operations manager. And she supports all of the programs and, and tying in what's needed, reaching out to partners to um, provide collaborations, uh, seeking research and grants for us, um, planning our schedules and our local events. So Tershia has, has really grabbed grabbed the bull by its horns and ensuring that we are organized and, and stable and that we are connecting all of our pieces to the full, you know, program or gamut of services that are being provided in Baltimore City. You're hoping that we fill the gaps that are needed in these communities. So it's, it's really well. We have, we have four women, uh, five women actually now. And we are we are desperately desperately in need of a male. You know, we, we we want the male. We love the female power, but it's important to have that male presence also. Um, a lot of our our participants are male, and they often need that that support of a black male role model that they can speak with and that can give them alternatives and coping skills. So it's imperative that we are able to select a good candidate to join our team as well. Absolutely. I can I can picture that. So this might actually be a call to action. If that person is someone who's listening to this program, they should get in touch with you, right, Tiffany? Absolutely. Absolutely. We are definitely seeking a, a great male um, that can provide support and services to to our mission and vision of the Urban League to support economic development, sustainability, quality health care, um, and employment 
for individuals in marginalized communities, black and brown individuals. Excellent. So if there's someone out there with that expertise, um, you certainly uh, definitely need them and look forward to them joining your team. And we have, gosh, less than five minutes now, believe it or not. But I know uh, here we are in mid-June. Juneteenth is very important and is coming up. And I'm sure that you have some plans to commemorate that at Greater Baltimore Urban League. Tell us about that real quick. Sure. Um, you know, there there is still there there is not a lot of identification um, in regards to Juneteenth. You know, the people of Texas were informed that accordance with approximation from the executive of the United States that all slaves were free. Um, this involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them and between the employer of free labor. And that was read by Major General Gordon Granger um, from Galveston, Texas in 1985. You know, we just celebrated the 100th century um, anniversary of Black Wall Street um, in 1981 when white mobs um, since the Black financial achievement of Greenwood District, known as Black Wall Street, and rampaged through the neighborhoods, killing men and burning and looting in stores, um, we just want to bring acknowledgement um, and education to individuals that, that are, are unaware of what um, Black Wall Street is. You know, within the last several weeks, we've, we've been riven with conflicts and demonstrators expressing anguish over racially motivated police killings. Um, most of them of the country seems to be awakened of the greater cultural sensitivity and the need for intense um, anti-racism activism throughout, you know, all races and creeds. So the celebration of Juneteenth is a commemoration to the end of legal slavery in America and is a part of the awakening. So we are, we're interested and we're excited to spread the word about Juneteenth. Um, it's a paid holiday specifically for Greater Baltimore Urban League and should be acknowledged nationally. Um, so we hope to partner with a few of our other local agencies to educate individuals and really celebrate Juneteenth this year. Absolutely. Well, trust and believe people can come to the Greater Baltimore Urban League for that information they need, the correct information. Um, you know, there's so much that you do. I could talk to you for another half an hour, Tiffany, and we're going to do that in the next couple of weeks. But is there anything real quick, um, your needs right now that you need uh, from people and how they can get a hold of you to talk about more about these great programs and staff that we've talked about today? How can people, what's the best way for their for them to go and get that information? Is it from your website? Uh, yes, www.gbull.org. Uh, is the best way. Um, they can contact us through our phone number, uh, 410-523-8150. Um, and, and right now, we really just need um, a lot of support, volunteer support, and, and funding to support um, juvenile programs and youth programs. You know, there, we, we don't have a lot for our youth to participate in throughout the city. Um, a lot of the rec centers are, are closed, there's not a lot of employment, and, and they're getting into a lot of, you know, issues throughout the city. Um, so we, we would like to enhance our programs with our technology programs, our STEM programs, um, our sports programs, to get our youth physical, active, and, and socializing this summer. So we need funds to do that, and that's something that we're, we're really working hard on doing, is raising funds to provide some type of social um, gathering and, and social activities for our youth this summer. 
Wonderful. Those are all great ideas. And again, um, you know, shout out to Giant and uh, congratulations on your pop-up vaccine clinic event with Moderna that continues again on July 10th. Uh, We've been talking to President and CEO of the Greater Baltimore Urban League, our friend Tiffany Majors, and we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Tiffany, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Gina. Uh, Thank you so much for really um, lifting our program up and supporting everything we do, you know, putting it out there and informing your your network and and your your group of individuals that that continue to listen to you all, support you. We really appreciate this, this relationship that you guys have had with us. It's really did a lot for our services and really educating the communities on what we do. We can't thank you enough for that. Right back at you, Tiffany. We, we really value our partnership and we love working with you. And people can get more info at GBUL.org um, and also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you name it. And thank you all so much for listening. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.